Everyone knows you should never take a physicist to a sci-fi movie. The same can be said about a biologist and a creature feature. We can point out how certain things are biologically unlikely or downright impossible, but that would be boring. So rather than pointing out what can't happen, why not ask ourselves, what if it was real? So using my super nerd levels of knowledge about biology, physics, and mythical creatures, my friends and I will explore how different creatures could have actually evolved on our planet and what they potentially would look like. Welcome back, everybody, to a real creature feature. Boo. My name is Mac. I'm Mike. I'm Dean. And I have a we have a secret one for today, but I wanted to uh, do a correction for last time. So uh, last we or last episode, uh, you asked if whales had hips. Yes. And I said no. I was I'm mostly right, but mo- kind of wrong. So they still have bones where the hips are, and it's still actually very important for like reproductive purposes, but they just don't have hips like we imagine them. They're okay. just like these bones that are just still free floating. Yeah. Ah. Now, in this episode, uh, for people who might have problems with a particular word, this is a trigger warn- warning for mucus. Secret creature with mucus. Okay. So, Dean. Yes. Mike. Yo. What do you know about the squonk? <laughs> uh, I know it's a funny name. I know um, nothing about this thing called a squonk. I'm going to put it in the chat and I'll have you read it. Squonk. Oh. <laughs> okay, this is going to be good. The squonk is of a very retiring disposition, generally traveling about at twilight and dusk. Because of its misfitting skin, which is covered with warts and moles, it is always unhappy. Hunters who are good at tracking are able to follow the squonk by its tear-stained trail, for the animal weeps constantly when cornered and escaping seems impossible, or when surprised and frightened, it may even dissolve itself in tears. William T. Cox, The Squonk, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumbery Woods, 1910. Whoa! What yes. the hell? So fearsome creatures are creatures that were basically just made up by lumberjacks. There are stories like, you know, fire. These are campfire stories just to like one up each other. So you, there have been some really ridiculous ones. And this one is interesting because it's kind of not a fearsome creature. It is the exact opposite of a fearsome creature. Uh, other stories are that it's constantly crying because it knows how ugly it is. Well, I it will is, say this. It is self-aware. It's ugly cute. I mean, I'm looking at this thing. This poor little Eeyore of a creature just yep. hanging around with its baggy skin. Yep. So, in my brain, ju- I don't have a picture of anything. Just from that description, it is about the size of a pig with saggy skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A gigantic gigantic mouth with misformed teeth oh. bristly hair yeah large oh. excess tear ducts it doesn't just have one tear duct it has a bunch of tear ducts so around its eyes it's all uh baggy and you know like somebody who hadn't slept well in 15 days with a, lo- a nice sheen of 
water right under it and many, many different teardrop rivulets running down its cheeks, which sag. And it. I mean, that would be the sound it would make. Yeah. It's. Uh, honestly, you're not like super duper far off. Although there are no pictures of like squonk open mouth. Yeah, no. I, I would more equate with a super duper wrinkly pig. It is. It basically looks like a bulldog and a pig like merged together to create this, like to create something else. And I, I feel so bad for this like wrinkly boy. Oh, there is one like if you get to the cryptid wiki, it just. I'm like, I cannot believe anyone could hate this thing. It looks like, it looks like a really like misshapen Okja. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them. Oh yeah, there's a, and yeah, I was, my uh, tablet was in the way so I couldn't see all the different pictures of yeah. it. Yeah, it's like an Okja went on a diet. Ooh. And it still has the same amount of skin, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh baby. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the squonk. And so I, uh, I, w- I asked a group of for like a bunch of different suggestions, and there a couple of people said this, and I'm like, now how could I make a squonk in real life? So first thing I thought of, because I was like, you know, warty and wrinkly skin, was a toad. Yeah. And so I was looking into that, and uh, this is actually really kind of cool. All amphibians, all of them, are poisonous. Really? Yes. So all amphibians are poisonous. Yeah. Now I'll I will put a caveat there that there might be some that like lost their poisonousness or they're not all that poisonous because they don't eat the right foods to produce the poison, blah blah blah. But yeah, it's safe to assume that if you see an amphibian, it's gonna be poisonous. So don't eat it raw. Yeah. Okay. So you're I so possibly like because I mean I've eaten frogs legs before, so it's like I. You know, now you've got me all worried. Yeah, well, no, it's so what happens is uh, if I remember right, for at least like frogs and toads and stuff like I think it's just toads like where they're st- like they have like a poison kind of like gland on their backs. And it's also more for um, like if you eat it raw, like I said, like you can if you cook a lot of things, a lot of times the poisons will denature and won't affect you if you do it right. Now, there are potentials that uh, the the protein can reassert itself and actually still be poisonous. So just don't, it, it basically, it's like uh, mushrooms. You just don't go out in the woods and start grabbing mushrooms and thinking they're fine. Yeah. If you don't know anything about mushrooms, don't eat random mushrooms. If you know a little bit about mushrooms, don't eat random mushrooms. I would suggest, unless you are an expert, mm-hmm. don't just go eating random mushrooms. But there's yeah. this guy who hunts morels and made a weird ass video about his morel hunting. Oh, the morel hunter. The, well, Good there, for him. There's though there are morel mushrooms are a yeah. There's a lot of mushrooms out there that are super edible and I, I guess super tasty. I don't know. Mushrooms are kind of weird and they have a weird texture. So I'm like, ugh. So, uh, like I said, I was looking at toads. Th- like looking at like, would this be a potential like thing um and then i got curious so like because there is a difference between uh frogs and toads like one's more aquatic one's less aquatic but they're both amphibians so they both have to go to the water to um lay their eggs 
but I just got a like, nice little check off of like differences between frogs and toads. Again, if there was ever a telltale tell, tell sign to indicate which amphibian you are looking at, it's the texture of their skin. Toads are warty looking because no, they don't actually have warts. Uh, covered with lumpy bumps, which that's also why I was thinking of the squonk because of all the bumps, leathers, and bumps and yeah. Uh, while frogs are sleek, smooth, toads are virtually always have dry skin, whereas frogs look wet even when they are out of the water. So yeah, I was like, okay, that'd be kind of interesting to have a giant frog-like creature or toad-like creature to explain the wrinkly skin or something like that. Uh, and then I remembered. So this was the mechanism that I thought it was like, okay, you can't melt. You can't melt into water because, you know, it, there's then you're well, a the thing should be then dead because there's no way of coming back from that. And B, we might be mostly made out of water, but we still have a bunch of other chunks. Mm -hmm. So those chunks would just be floating in the water. And I think yeah. the only way to like, yeah, you have to do a lot of other work. But there is a really cool creature. That made me think, rather than melting, what happened if they were just producing lots and lots of slime and, or mucus? Hmm. So the creature I'm talking about is called a hagfish. Oh. Uh, what was it? Are they the ones that can produce so much mucus? Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, hagfishes are excellent. They are part of the ocean... Uh, they are part of the ocean's cleanup crew. They change relative or they've changed relatively little in 3 million years. And like I was looking up stuff and they were like talking about all the weird fossils that they've kind of discovered. Um and they produce an extraordinary an extraordinary quantity of slime. Uh hagfishes are sometimes referred to as eel slime eels and occasionally as snot snakes, but yeah. they're not eels or reptiles. Uh, they are actually fish. They are what is like generally known as like jawless fish. Um, so very similar to like lamprey and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. there's like seventy-eight species. Uh, this is this one I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, because they're eyeless, though they have eye spots that can detect light. So that's like one of the theories about like how eyes kind of started was just like these weird light sensitive patches. So like the flatworms. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um, they find their way around to locate food. Oh, this is actually kind of interesting. So uh, they basically are just scavengers, more or less of like bot like bottom feeders, like fish die and they just clean up the bottom. And so huge portions of a huge portion of their brain is just dedicated for the sense of smell. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Question. Uh, I don't know if any of your stats tell you how much slime they can produce in like a gallon of water in a few minutes. I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm building up to that. Okay. Uh, hagfish, uh, hagfishes are also vertebrates. They actually do have spinal columns and stuff like that, but they're just are more uh, cartilagical fish. Uh, oh, hagfishes don't have bony skeletons. However, there are no vertebrae in these vertebrates. So, yeah, it's just that they're cartilagical. 
um, mm. hagfish have been described as some sense like this is what we kind of assume like an ancient vertebrates look like like relatively like this and or and they've been calling it like this is probably what the ballpark what something could look like yeah um hagfishes provide an important ecological service because yeah they clean up their scavengers and they eat and die, dying animals everything like that now okay. how uh since you said that they're bottom feeders like how deep are are they usually found do you know i i'm a th- i think like the the floor on the i mean ground. like the the I, the the bottom of the ocean so some of them are in the Marianas trench down at the very bottom no i don't think that deep okay that was my question because i remember watching a documentary about uh whales dying and there was a bunch of uh animals that would go and yeah that that's fall is that what it's called kind of like that but that would also that's anywhere in the ocean that doesn't have to be in marianas yeah but this particular documentary was talking about the marianas trench that was why i was curious oh yeah no. uh hagfish tend to uh, how they do it is they burrow into their food face first eating it from the inside out while they don't have traditional jaws Hagfishes have two tooth-like plates made of keratin uh, that can pinch together and tear off food. That almost sounds like the slime weevil from the, um, oh, shoot. Vague descriptions, vague descriptions. Uh, gigantic body pit, not body pit, a uh, flesh pit in Texas oh. National Park. That's it. The uh, the person that came up with the uh, Flesh Pit National Park in Texas, they ended up doing a uh, doing a bunch of, uh, so you know we have microbiology on our bodies. There is microbiology in the Flesh Pit, but because the Flesh Pit is so big, the creatures are actually we can see them and interact with them. And one of the creatures is a hairless weasel that has gone into the flesh pit and has dug inside of the flesh. Um, I don't know if it eats. First, wait, I need, to, I need to stop right there. What is the flesh pit? Uh, Dean's brought this up a few times. Um, there's a, is, is it an SCP or what is it? Not an SCP. Not it's an a SCP. It's a, it's a, it was made for a writing challenge. So and... is it real? No. No. Okay. So that's, that doesn't, okay. So as long as that, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm thinking, what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, it yeah, sounds more it, like so, this. Yeah. It's a SCP so this, or creepypasta. Okay. So this was written for, uh, or, not written, but it was a challenge to create a um, to create a uh, in-depth world. And this artist, if you go to the website, has created uh, like Mike just posted. Like it looks like a snarlack pit. Yeah, it does yeah, look like but, a snarlack pit. But they've made a bunch of artistic pieces that look like uh, stuff that you would find at a national park. So there's the micro, uh, the major parasitic fauna 
there's a poster for that. There's a whole story of how it was found, how it became a national park, and that there was a natural disaster that happened. Oh, Trevor Roberts. Oh, okay, it's that guy. And so this, so this person just started making artwork for it and has been expanding it, the universe, and has made uh, an interesting story behind it. But uh, there's a bunch of, like I said, microfauna that actually is larger um, macrofauna than. Yeah. So it, it, there was one of the creatures uh, is a weasel that has gone down into the flesh pit and eventually evolved into this thing that sort of sounds similar to the hagfish. Okay. And yeah, so, it's probably they probably did base it off of the hagfish then. So I was just like I was just thinking the what you were describing about the hagfish going into the body, eating it from the inside out and whatnot. It just sounded similar to the hagfish. Yeah, I I would have thought equated it more to like a um an earthworm. Because it's probably like that. That's how it's like burrow, burrowing while eating. Mm. So to talk about the slime, hagfishes are unusual animals. Even before talking about the slime, uh, they can produce a bucket full of slime almost instantly without the need for a constant giant tank of slime inside their bodies to deploy it. So they just it just if you put them in a bucket of salt water. And like it could just fill it up yeah so uh, then that's the thing is like when you think about that like well that doesn't make sense because where are they keeping the slime they can't have it like pressurized and stuff like that because that's not how animals work you're right that isn't how they work uh hagfish slime has three main components salt water mucosin and slime threads uh the hagfish slime is 99.996% seawater 0.0051% mucosin and 0.002% threads. So uh, it's basically think of it. It's like protein chains. Like that's like how you think of this, what the, the threads are. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of like, seems like it's like a thick, there's like a thickening agent. And like how, one of the things that they're describing, it was like, it was more like uh, think about the threads, like making up a sieve. That's like holding the water in place. Yeah. So they don't need to carry around cornstarch to thicken stuff. No, they that that is their cornstarch is this mucosin and these threads. The threads are just uh, basically allow for it to be like actually consist like be one giant glob. So it's all connected is the one thing. So like you'd have to take a knife to actually cut it and stuff like that. Has anybody tried to use that as a thickening agent in some cooking recipe? Oh. I, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh. There are actual a bunch of uses for it. Interesting. What are those uses? Uh, I'll get to them. But yeah, okay. I was like, uh, the slime threads are tiny, but um, vital to the process and unique to the hagfish. Uh, they are about 10 to 17 uh, centimeters long. So... And they're about 1% the width of a human hair. So you can't really even see these things. Uh, inside the head thick, the threads are tiny, and they're like kind of like wound up, like, a, like, like 
I was like, I always thought of like kind of like a uh, a spring kind of thing where it's like twisted so it could like maximize the space. I was about to say like a tight coil. Yeah. And when they are released, so un- or unravel, they kind of go from uh, uh, 0.015 centimeter bundle to expand out to 15 centimeters in a fraction of a second. Uh, that is the growth 10,000 times their original size. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it just like just thinking about like you know the 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 old uh, peanut with the snakes inside trick. Yeah, that's it. So it's like <laughs> mucus and then mucus, mucus in, and then bam, thick water, and that's uh, all what happens. Because yeah, there's a picture Dean showed where uh, they probably were like smug- either smuggling hagfish or something. Because there's also a famous picture of uh, there was a truck that was full of them for and it tipped mm-hmm. over. That's what that's from. That is what it's from? Okay. Yeah, that's from that tanker truck that tipped over carrying the hagfish. So. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, it's a yeah. thing that they use when they're nervous. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the photo I just showed came from an article from The Atlantic. Yeah. And there's multiple pictures of the, of the hagfish's uh, trail of uh, mucusy destruction. Oh, it's, here, this was like for like uh, some other stuff. Um, I still the jet the... the stuff uh, the slime isn't sticky. It is incredibly soft. Once described as being up to one hundred thousand times softer than jelly. Ooh. Second hagfish, and also hagfish. This is just kind of cool. Uh, hagfish can actually tie themselves in knots, and that's like kind of how they like squeak. They can squeegee off the slime. Yeah, I was just reading about that. That is so uh, weird. Yeah, a hagfish produce it when they are stressed. Um, one of the ideas of what they can, what it's kind of used for, is if something's going to eat it, it will excrete all that inside the mouth of the thing eating it, and then that can actually like clog up the gills. Interesting. Yeah, and also, so uh, speaking of the squonk, hagfish skin is also not all that well connected to the rest of their body. It's very like saggy. So because of that. It's really hard to actually bite it Interesting. because it's so slimy. It's so like wiggly that like you, you can't bite it. Odd. Yeah. So, so essentially the only thing, so like the only thing that really seems to be separating the hagfish from the squonk as we see it is eyes and bones. Yes. And being on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the legs come with the bones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then this is the hagfish. Oh yeah, they have like a hundred po- like pores just for these threads throughout Weird. their entire body. Yeah. Uh. So oh, so what wait. they're really following? Oh, commonly on. referred to as snot or phlegm. Uh, unlike other types of mucus, however, hagfish slime doesn't dry out. What? Yeah, that's. So it's just so it's basically forever gack. Yeah, kind of. Look. I think it probably yeah eventually breaks down. It just doesn't dry. Uh, the mucosin is made up of long threads like fiber, similar to spider silk. Because yeah, that's also the stuff that like. Okay, here's the uses of slime, hagfish slime, because of the strength, flexibility, rapid expansion of uh, hagfish slime. Scientists are very interested in the potential uses. Researchers are ex. Experimenting with methods of creating man-made slime, 
since uh, extracting the substance directly from the hagfish is expensive and it's very stressful on the animals. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Well, when you produce it, when you're stressed, <laughs> it's so it's that thing of relax, relax, hagfish, relax, surprise. Ah! Uh, there are there are many potential applications for hagfish slime. Hagfish are already used for products uh, such as eel skin bags. Yep. I don't uh, doubt that. Yeah. Uh, the strong, flexible fabric made from hagfish slime could replace uh, petroleum-based materials like nylon. That'd be cool. Neat. Uh, this hey, resulting hey, fabric... Girl. I like your glam gams. They're nice and slimy. Uh, the result being the the resulting fabric would be more durable and even environmentally friendly. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, hagfish slime could be used in protective gear such as safety helmets and Kevlar vests. In the oh. auto industry, uh, hagfish slime could be used in airbags or to add lightweight strength and flexibility to car parts. Hmm. Uh, scientists think that they may be able to use hagfish slime to create hydrogen or hydrogel that could be used on in a disposable di- in disposable diapers in hmm. farming irrigation systems. Can we uh, can we change the name of the hagfish? It needs a rebranding. Yeah, it kind of does. It doesn't scream like thing that lives in swamp that will eat children. Yeah, I mean, it really needs like it really needs some sort of a rebranding because it should really be called something like the awesome fish. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, the U.S. Navy is currently working with hagfish slimes in hopes of creating a substance that can protect divers from underwater attacks, awesome. uh, fight fires and even stop missiles. Other applications for hagfish slime include tissue engineering and replacing damaged tendons so yeah awesome fish you are not wrong yeah i mean it seems like to me it's it seems like it needs to it needs a name that gives it better appeal but you know i mean that is that would be nice because we do need to get away from the petroleum products yes and that would that's such a crazy idea and especially just like looking at those photos from the atlantic of the tipped over like truck like the the photos from the tipped over truck it's crazy just to see like what gets produced on that. Yeah. It's, but I mean, that would make more sense than even in the story that you're, even in the Lumberwood story, the idea of following a trail of tears makes little sense in the, in the idea of unless like you're really close, that trail is going to eventually dry out. Yeah. But if you're well, following say like a hagfish mucus trail, that thing you could eat, you know, you could easily follow. Yeah, and since it said that it doesn't dry out, I'm like, okay, yeah. it holds in the water really well. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I I messed up. Um, before when I said it was, a, it has a hundred slime glands that funnel ah. uh, the precursor through ninety to two hundred pores that oh. run along the side. Okay. So so you had the wording wrong. Now yeah. you're gonna make me correct and edit all that. No. If I'm wrong, it's yeah, I will correct myself. It's just like the the whale hip thing. How dare you correct myself? How dare you make me do all the work? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was I was just like, 
that would be awesome. Just yeah. to, now, also the problem with this idea is that, uh, like I said, it's not really producing the slime. It's producing something that can make the slime. Yeah. So that's the only thing. So it'd have to be able to sit in a puddle before to as a some kind of diversion diversion. Yeah. It's but a lot yeah. of the, and also I was looking up this because uh, I was just down the rabbit hole of random yeah. random things. Um, different animals that also produce slime. Mm-hmm. Possums, opossums, are a very slimy defense mechanism against uh, predators. Is it like sweat? Is it like a sweat gland? Like a slime gland Opos- that they... Uh, can you smell that? There must be an opossum in the house. Don't be fooled by the... It's cute looks. Possums are very... Sl- have a very slimy... Possums cute. Predators. Uh, a the, lot of people. The same the, people that think the squonk's cute. First of all, the squonk is cute. And not all possums are cute. Yeah. Like, like but... Like, you know, at, but, you know, going into adulthood, possums become less cute for sure. Then they become smiley boys. But there are some really good pictures out there of some very cute looking possums. Yeah. Uh, if um, a, go ahead. If oh. an opossum is threatened by a bigger animal, the possum pretends to be dead. It falls to the ground, foams at the mouth, makes horrible, smelly green liquid f- from its bottom. Would you want to eat something like that? So, yeah, I think it's like that's what the slime is, what they're talking about. Oh. Uh, yeah, hagfish also produces slime. Parrotfish, these are actually kind of cool. So parrotfish, when they go to bed, they basically make a mucus cocoon underwater. Interesting. And that's what they sleep in, and then they eat it. They get that back. <laughs> okay, so now we're now we're going back to werewolves. So that's where the werewolf cocoon goes. Yeah, they just eat, They just eat the cocoon in the... Uh, and um... sp- Speaking of things that make uh, slime, guess who also makes slime? Humans. How dare you? I was going to say my niece. I have have never made slime in my life. Slimy mucus. Gross. Yep. Uh, How dare you? How dare you, sir? I've Uh, never made slimy mucus in my life. You produce around one liter of slimy mucus a day on average. Where does it all go? Probably your stomach. How dare you? Or you blow it out. I I do I do none of those things. Oh, well, well, you go. Stuff about slime. Human. Yeah. So yeah, I that would be the only thing like a frog-like, pig-like creature that can produce slime like that. That would make it look like it's melting. So going yeah. to the whole idea that <clears throat> somebody uh, follows the trail and believes believes that it. Uh, dissolved into mucus i was just wondering if there was any possibility that them producing a large amount of mucus softens up the ground that they could actually do uh a dig and dive where they would dig and um to get away from whoever's pursuing them i was just thinking about something similar no i don't think for a dig and dive for through ground because you'd just be making a hole and you can track a hole. Yeah. So what I was thinking, it was like, because you also need the water to produce this stuff, is you go into the water, and then you basically, you look like you're melting because the, the goo is just constantly spreading out over. And it's kind of like you're focusing on that area while the thing swims away underwater. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like a smoke screen. Now, that's an interesting concept. And that would make sense as the idea of a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. where 
if once they make their grand escape, would it be the could it be the idea of like being an being an animal that has to produce the slime? Could it absorb would it absorb the water? And that's why as they're leaving, they create this mucus trail as they go. Like a sponge. Yeah, I guess so. I don't I don't, I don't see a, a way like I don't know of a mechanism to allow for that. But I'm like, I also don't know I mean, why there couldn't be one. We're dealing with fictitious creatures here. I know, you know and that's what I'm giving it to you. It could be a little bit more. Uh, well, we're dealing with fictitious creatures like... that we're also trying to make scientific like, ideas behind them. You know, since fair since the fairies episode, the answer can always be multidimensional beings, right? Yeah. What I was thinking Lazy. with my dig and dive was a little bit more like uh, dwarves from uh artemis fowl where I, I know of it but i don't know where the dwarves they have they can eat the ground before them and it so, goes like through their, yeah so it goes through their system quickly and is deposited behind them um problem with that is how long does it take to go behind them well the dwarves have a quick digestion yeah. Hmm. And it comes out if in a big burst, depending gross. on the situation. Gross. This, this sounds gross. Yeah. It's already I... going to be a gross, slimy thing. I don't need to think it needs to be a gross, slimy things that project out poops to cover <laughs> its trail. Like I said, it produces a lot of mucus, softens up the ground. I am. But also, that's not how the slime works, I think. I think it's because of uh, how it doesn't like. It doesn't soak. It stays as one big glump, clump. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which... But but then I was thinking, because like when I was saying the the smoke screen where it's like, oh, it jumps in the water. I was like, and then it like looks like it's melting. But then it kind of like just covers the entire pond or whatever into uh, like a opaque film. Yeah. So it's... that's yeah. Yeah. So it's a basically it's a smoke screen in the water. It's the same yeah. as Octopus. any. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you ink your way through that stuff. I mean, because it doesn't even there, it doesn't take a heck of a lot to, especially in the water, to produce a large smoke screen. And if this thing's following the hagfish's example, if a squonk can follow a hagfish, it's going to produce a lot, especially by its size. Yeah, because these things aren't all these things are also would be bigger than a hagfish. Hagfish are yeah. overly big, but they're not. Yeah. I mean, just looking at them, there's not any one of these pictures that shows a squonk. It's no, it's no smaller than a medium-sized pig. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing, so basically it's, I mean, could weigh out, I'm guessing at about 170 pounds, maybe. Yeah, at the high end. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and you know, so, I mean, it's not exactly, a, it's not a small creature, and yeah. it's, Mid-range, I'd say it would be bare minimum, like in an, in an adult phase, it would be 70 pounds. Gross. What is that from, Dean? I think it it's a, there was a horror film of some kids who go on a raft in a lake, and there's a slime blob that floats eats along them. the surface and eats them. I believe it's from Creep Show 2. Oh. Yeah. I I don't know. I've not seen Creep Show too. Oh, Lake Blob. Yep. Okay. Gross. Yeah, that's exactly where it would come from. I see the. I don't see that exact picture, but I see B 
before and after stills from it, so it's definitely from that. Gross. Lake Blob. It's kind of like uh oh what's the uh Jamie Kennedy was in it. There was a like a a creature that basically was kind of like more like fungus than anything else uh that was in at this beach and like all these people were drunk and like they passed out but where they passed out they weren't touching the sand uh-huh. and uh it just kind of like dissolved anybody that touched it and like it it got you stuck there first like the threads the mycelium like would go into and like hold you in position so you're basically like stuck there like kind of like velcro and you can't get out <laughs> and then it just slowly dissolves you or fastly dissolves you depending on the I'll part of the story I was just like, Ugh. But yeah, that yeah. that would suck to be digested by a giant slime mold like that. Yeah. Luckily, I think the one of the problems with it yeah, is like yeah, being like cohesion of something that big. Because it was like, if you think about like uh, do a put a drop of water on a surface, you have the um, uh, surface tension that will keep it in that dome shape. Yeah. But if you keep adding it, eventually it's just gonna yeah spill out. So I think that's probably one of the limiting factors of like giant slime molds. Just it would crush itself under its own like weight. Mm, not crush more of it couldn't hold itself together. So it would just. Well, um, it would, I, well I guess I know crush isn't really the answer. Yeah. Because really, yeah. to crush would imply that it has something solid in it like boons. I would think more like, yeah, like popping a like overfilling a balloon. Yeah. Or like, it would it would it would burst under its own. And even burst isn't even a good word for it. No, it would just fall apart. Yeah, yeah. fine. It, it would collapse, maybe. Oh yeah, collapse would be a good one. That'd be a good word. Yeah. So collapse. So I mean, just eventually, integrate. just yeah. At a size, it would just collapse under its own weight. Yeah. Once it gets big enough. I'm assuming that because I'm like yeah. it, we. Ha- I've never heard of a slime monster. Yeah. Because. I think that's probably what's one of the limiting factors. It's like, you know, once again, like giant insects, there are things that potentially they could, but they can't because of physics. Yeah. But I mean, when you're dealing with something like the squonk, which is basically a A made up creature that was just made up by lumberjacks, the tell tall tales to the hoe dag. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. But I mean, I mean, that's the thing though. It's a, it's essentially a mucus sack being supported by boons. Yes. So oh, it's going So I mean it's going to it's going it's going to last a little bit better, you know. Maybe it'd yeah. be like a toad where it just, you know, cuz those suckers can lay flat sometimes or even like mm-hmm. you know, you see other amphibians and reptiles, they have a more I don't know if the cartilaginous is a good is a term for it or not, but Well, for the reptiles no, for like um hagfish, yes. Cuz yeah, they don't have bones. If you don't follow Gators Daily, every Friday they post the, they post pictures of Gators just laying absolutely flat. Because <laughs> then it's you know, yep, they were relaxing. Yeah, we'll see. And you know, I'd like to see. Yeah, I'd like to see the squonk maxing and relaxing. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it was just so interesting because it was just like, why, 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 why would you make up such a creature? Why would you be this mean to something that you made up? It's like. Yeah. It's so ugly that it's constantly crying and it yeah. you can find it like looking into a puddle of the tears that it was crying because it's looking at itself because it's so ugly. I, I I feel like, though, again, just needs the love. It needs to be appreciated. Yeah, but it won't let you appreciate it because it's so, it it has such low self-esteem. I, you'd have to walk near it with a bag on your head 
so you didn't scare it away. It's <laughs> is this gonna be like that creature from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide from the Galaxy that if you put a put a towel over your head, it believes since you can't see it, it can't see you. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I don't remember what it's called, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, same. But yeah, it's it, so dumb. It believes that if you can't if you can't see it, it can't see you. I it's, uh, sometimes it makes me wonder about certain species of animals, though, like something like that might exist somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, but it was also uh, just because of the um, the T-Rex from uh, Jurassic Park, that whole uh, that they couldn't see when they're moving. Yeah. That always confused me as a kid because yeah. I was like, how does that work? Like, how would that be? How would that like thing ever be able to function? Because it's like, then it could only be a predator and it's only move off of things that move because how else would it be able to function? It could definitely not be a scavenger that there is more and more evidence that it was both. And so it's just like, this is, this doesn't make any sense. And then they actually just retconned it in um, the second book in, um, Lost World, yeah, where uh, um, Malcolm was actually talking to somebody else, and they're like, "So, do you think if you stood still, a T Rex wouldn't attack you?" And he's like, "No." Now, what happens if they just ate? Yeah, then they <laughs> probably wouldn't attack you, just like any other animal. Like, yeah. Well, the I just watched a video about somebody talking about um, camouflage and certain certain aspects to actually camouflage things. It's not just simply, you know, just being a different color to match in with the background. Um, Part of it, part of camouflaging is also being able not to move because partly because humans eyesight is based off of movement. You know, you look out into a field, if something moves, it's going to draw your attention. Yeah. But the problem with that, if the thing's right in front of you and isn't camouflaged. Well, yeah. 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 I was just saying that that video somebody made of camouflage actually explained the concept of eyesight being based off of movement better than the Jurassic Park did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, also with uh, camouflage, because I'm like, you can also have it where it's not just color, it's patterns. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it here, but it was, I used to work for Racine for uh, an an internship. And at one point we were just um, uh, measuring out different beaches just for records purposes. And there was this one that basically, it wasn't really a beach. It was just a bunch of cement blocks that were like dumped into the water. And I was just like, okay, but it still was called a beach. So I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, I noticed a very large animal moving around in the tall summer grass. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, that's what it feels like to be hunted by an animal. Because <laughs> it, it was a brindled uh, mastiff. Oh. And yeah, if you yeah look up a picture of a brindled mastiff, and I'm like, I it, my brain never processed like how well that stuff actually does work out in tall grass like that. Cause it was like, this is like how a tiger's stripes work, like all this stuff. And I was just like, this is nuts. Yeah. It was a very good boy, but it was just like, I'm being stalked by a predator right now. Yeah. That, 
that doggo was getting hungry and he's like, well, this guy, you know, no one will notice if one dude goes missing. But okay. So, yep. I guess we're going to have, yeah, we're, that's it. The squonk is going to be some kind of pig for pig toad with um, some awesome mucus generating abilities. Now, I know we all came from essentially we all sort of started off around the same sources. Yes. But would this thing be closer to an amphibian instead of a mammal? Uh, potent. Like, we could. For, like, our for our stories? Yeah. Yeah. If we ever make it, yeah, we could have it that it's, like, more amphibian-like. Because then, yeah, it's it allows it for its um need to be near water so that it could also just do the... Yeah. And also be... And then you could have it that it's poisonous and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I, I'm going to leave it up to whoever wants to write the story with that one. So, like... Why are we even hunting it in the first place then? Because to show it love. The problem is, is you put the head on your wall after you've mounted it, you constantly have to re-stick it up because it's just going to gradually slide down over time. Or what if it's like the blobfish? Like where you, where like once it's really out of the water, it's like just loses so much of that like buoyancy that it has. So it looks terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I was also thinking about that too, but it was only the mechanism of that because with the yeah. uh, blobfish is that's they not what it looks like. Air sacs, right? Yeah, because they're down there so deep. Well, I don't because I, they're not really know. buoyant creatures. Well, they are they are buoyant creatures, but it's they yeah. have a different kind of buoyancy. So, like, you would have a different level of buoyancy. Like that's how. I know it works for like submarines. You yeah. like the shift mat, uh, ballast and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think fish kind of have like that because I know with sharks, like they don't yeah. have a swim bladder. So that's why they just fall if they don't uh, keep swimming. Oh boy. Sharks, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Or, and also other shark relatives like the stingray. Yeah. They, that's why they went flat because they're like, I don't want to keep swimming. So they just kind of dropped on the bottom. And they're like, oh. I'm fine here. Yep. This seems like a good spot to be, so I will sleep here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the best thing about, like, the whole notion of ecological niches is just like, look at me. I'm awesome. I'm going to live here because it works for me. Yeah. Uh, to which I was looking up. So there are a lot of species of birds. There's also a lot of species of bats. Birds and bats have very similar ecological niches. But, like, as in, like, they eat a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. But they ha do things on opposite times of day. I was going to say, so the difference is really when they're doing these things. Yeah. It's just all about the idea of nighttime versus daytime. And that's why it works for bats. That's why there's so many bats out there because there was nobody filling those gaps until uh. like bats were like came around and they like, and then they exploded into hundreds of species. Nice. So I just looked up blobfish, and they don't have gas bladders, but right. they're they're a gelatinous mass, mm -hmm. and so their density is slightly less than water. Oh, yeah. which allows them to float above the seafloor because they can't have gas bladders down that low. Yeah, because yeah. Of the air pre I mean, the water pressure. Yeah. But yeah, and then, yeah, just looking at what a, a blobfish looks like in its natural environment, it's just like night and day, drastically different creatures. And it's just like, now I also, because this is one of those things I never looked at, because I every time I think yeah. about it, I just forget about it. I was like, I want to know if 
are whenever you see the blobby blobfish, I'm assuming they're dead before they look like that. Yeah. Because I'm like, there's some things that like, because like we can't go down that deep. So I'm pretty sure they can't come up here. No. And um, so many of those pictures. Yeah. Well, so many pictures of the blobfish that we see. It's because of that. Like, it's basically the the equivalent of us getting the bends. Essentially, is we bring them up to the surface so fast that they have no chance of even coming close to acclimatizing. So they basically collapse. Yeah. Yeah. It's the water bubble all again. Answer to the blobfish picture question. I believe they are dead. Okay. I assumed so. Okay. So for next time, I have a list of some, uh, like more like the squonk that some people have suggested like that. Uh, but I did figure, find this out. A lot of times I do a better when I have like a, somebody to make an idea is for somebody to tell me what to do. Cause it's just how my brain. I I think you did a pretty good job with the squonk as it was. Cause it was interesting. Oh no. It was more of a, I just wanted to get, I'm going to do a copy paste. I know that the idea is I'm not supposed to know some of these, but some of these I've obviously never heard of. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. I was trying to figure out what I was trying to figure out what a snallygaster was. And I'm like, I've never heard of that. I, I know the name. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Honestly, if on this list, the one that I would find to be very interesting, just now that we've done this for essentially 17 episodes, we've done this for weeks now. Yeah, we've done this for we've done this for almost at this point, we will soon be hitting a full year. Yeah, of at least like talking and, and yeah. yeah, just talking about it, too. Yep. Yeah, I want to talk about mandrakes. Mm-hmm. I find that to be the the idea of what a the idea of a mandrake sounds interesting to me, especially if we're going to try and make it a real thing. Yes, because yeah, all I got with mandrake is from. Harry Potter and uh Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Ah. Well then Whimsy. You're in Well, uh, Pan's Labyrinth is more whimsical than Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> okay. We'll fig- I'll try to figure it out. But yeah, okay. it's the it when someone gives me an idea and then like then my brain can start will start firing when I'm given a train of thought. Man Drake. Man Drake. Man Drake. Okay. Let's see if I can figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, let's definitely. We'll keep this list, though, because it's a good list. Yeah. Okay, people. We are going to start our first competition. If this goes well, we will hopefully have more and have more prizes that actually relate to us. Right now, our first prize will be a $20 Amazon gift card just to see how well this works. How to enter. Basically, starting now, do one of the following. Tag us and two friends. Rate us on the podcast platform of your choice. Email us a screen grab of you suggesting us to your friends. Emailing fan art. And or videos of you just telling random strangers. These are all ways you can enter. Even better, you are not limited to just one entry. The more you spread the word, the more likely you are to win. Currently, we only have an Instagram, Facebook page, 
and an email. So if you tweet about us or use TikTok, please send us a link. You have until March 26th. Thank you. Bye. A Real Creature Feature is created by Matt Kuklinski, starring Matt Kuklinski, Michael Seaman, and Dean Snow. Any questions, comments, artwork, or general inquiries can be sent to realcreaturefeature at gmail.com. You can view any submitted fan art and pictures on our Instagram at A Real Creature Feature. Some episodes were recorded weeks in advance due to our current sporadic recording schedule. Any comments left will be seen and addressed at some point, and you will be credited unless you tell us you wish to remain anonymous. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on the podcast app that works best for you. It really helps us out. Also, tell your friends, enemies, and total strangers about the podcast. They might enjoy it too, and that can bring us all closer together. Mac, have do you know anything about uh, Crypto Zoo? No. Is it the one that's in New England? No. No. So Crypto Zoo is a crypto coin from oh. uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah. Where he claimed that he was making a crypto game, and uh, it's. Uh, do you mind if I try and take this one? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so basically, Logan Paul created this uh, this pro, this game, or was supposed to create a game called CryptoZoo. The idea of it is, it's technically a current. It uses its own cryptocurrency, which okay. is ZooCoin, and okay. the idea is you use the ZooCoin to buy eggs because everything's an egg. So you take the egg. The egg might be anything: lion, tiger, bear, horse. Oh my! Yeah, cheetahs. Whatever it is, but what's going, what happens is you basically buy some of these eggs and then breed them together. Like Pokemon. To, yeah. But the idea is then whatever the mixture is, a new egg is created that then gives birth to the mixture animal. And then like the rarer the mixture animal is, the more worth it has to sell it back for zoo coin. So the more you play, the better you are, the better chance you have of collecting more zoo coin. Yeah. And it becomes, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. He he supposedly spent a million dollars developing this and got artists to create these hybrid animals, but all they were were just stock photos. Yeah. Yeah. Photoshopped together. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what he's described, what you're describing, if you wanted to actually make it robust enough to actually justify being a cryptocurrency would cost way more than a million dollars oh yeah well it was a it was a pump and dump scheme well yeah because it's stupid basically what you just described in many aspects is just uh wow gold i want some wow gold yeah go play wow or go to ebay and buy some wow gold yeah wow gold but he um it ended, uh, like Mike said, it was a pump and dump because he used scammers to work with it. On Logan's behalf, he never pumped and dumped. He I, he was fairly committed to this. Yeah. But uh, he never paid the guy who was developing the technology and that stuff. So a couple, a couple days later after CoffeeZilla some, released his three episodes about the whole uh crypto zoo thing there's this guy online and he took a couple hours and created the game 
in yeah. the web that you can play in the web browser. Yeah, it doesn't and, sound like it'd be that hard for no basics, but yeah, it was but, and, uh, everything else. And you can earn your coins without burning the creatures, so you can just tap on the creatures and you gain coins. You don't have to pay any. You don't have to buy any money to buy more eggs to hatch and that stuff. And the guy has uh, a, on the website, you can click in one of the tabs and you can see what updates he's working on and what's coming down the line and everything. Uh, but it's uh, the art is made with an artist and an AI that mixes the two art pieces together. Um, and they were having they're having a competition that you go into the AI machine to submit a illustration of an animal that you want put it as an option for something that would hatch from your eggs. Yeah. So then while we were talking about that, I was like, oh, should submit hagfish because they got pigs in the already in the game. So if you add yeah. hagfish, we can make a <laughs> We can make a squonk. Make a squonk in the game. 